0: The Unrest, the unrest podcast, podcast. 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 Hello and welcome back to the Unrest Podcast. I'm Caitlin Stancil. And I'm Madeline Green. I feel like we've definitely been liking this real life haunt situation. We know that you like spooky stories and so it's kind of fun to just have people um, share their own. And we're kind of the ones just looking for those stories out there and seeking them out. To start off though, we have our alcoholic beverages back. This yes. I'm going with a Topo Chico hard seltzer, exotic pineapple. Oh, that sounds good. So tonight I made a wine spritzer. Oh, fancy.
1: <laughs> but it's like rose, uh LaCroix key lime, lime juice, and I put mint leaves in there. Which I can't even taste the mint leaves. So I could have just left them out because when I drink it, the the leaves get stuck to my teeth. <laughs> So a few of you guys actually sent in your stories, your real life haunts through email. And so we decided for this episode, we were going to read those emails back. We love getting emails from you guys. So definitely send those. We also love doing the interviews too, but we like the emails. It's always fun to check your inbox and have a few spooky stories in there. So we're going to read a few of those today.
0: Madeline, do you want to start with the one that you have?
1: Sure. So this story is from Christine, and it starts out like this. I was very little when my grandma passed away, and after her passing, my family and I moved into her home. Just a few days after her funeral, my mom discovered me in the backyard playing with my grandma. She also told me that I would always say things about my grandma that only she and my dad knew about. And when they would ask how I knew, I would tell them that my grandma told me while still living in my grandma's house. I woke up one night, randomly terrified. I went to my parents' room and asked my mom if I could sleep in their bed with them. She told me my sister was already sleeping with them. So there was no room. (laughs) As she told me this, I looked toward her bedroom door and saw a man watching me. He was tall and slim and wore a 70s style outfit. He had on a pair of those glasses that were popular in the 70s and 80s, and he was also balding. He smiled at me and waved, and I believe this was my great-grandpa who died when my mom was young. And I believe who actually he ended up dying in the seventies, which would explain this 1970s attire. When I was a little older, I think around the age of 10, my family was living in a different home and I experienced some really weird things in this home as well. I would hear two children, a boy and a girl who I think were around the same age as me talk all the time. And I even felt hands touch me on the shoulder or on the face. Just a few months later, during one weekend, my family was having a movie night and during the movie, I went to use the bathroom. While I was washing my hands, my anxiety randomly spiked up, and when I turned towards the doorway, there was a woman floating in the hall outside the bathroom. I remember her vividly because she scared me more than any spirit I have come in contact with. She was extremely pale and had dark circles around her eyes. Not like eye bags, but more like black eye shadow. She wore a black Victorian dress and her brown hair was slicked back into a neat bun. She stared at me for a couple of seconds before turning and floating down the hall. I never saw her again, but I still think about her from time to time. I'm most curious about her because she's the only spirit that I've experienced that actually floated. Then she goes on and says, as I got older, these experiences stopped happening as frequently, but I do still see things here and there. For example, I work in a retail store and when I work morning shifts before the store opens, I sometimes see a man who likes to walk around my store. I even hear him walking. I thought it was my manager, but he wasn't even there. Hmm. He usually is wearing a nice business suit with a matching hat. And I believe I saw him holding some sort of briefcase. I only see him for a few seconds each time. So it's a little hard to kind of make out more details about him. But for the most part, he seems pretty friendly and he doesn't usually bother me. He just likes to take strolls around the store.
0: First of all, I love that. um, You know, her experiences, she is able to describe the spirit so well, usually like we kind of said earlier, it's like a a shadow or, you know, she like is really able to kind of get a lot of details and characteristics off of these spirits.
1: Right. Right. That's why I feel like she is just one of those people who are really susceptible to seeing spirits because, I mean, the fact that she could tell that her great grandpa maybe was a balding man dressed in 70s attire, you know, like, Usually people just see an outline or an apparition or, you know, stuff like that. So it's pretty cool that she has such distinct, you know, like can see such distinct spirits. Yeah. Well, definitely love that story from Christine. I thought it was really cool. I liked that it had multiple spirits that she saw um, throughout her time and especially like in different houses. I mean, can you imagine moving to multiple houses and having these things happen in all of them? <laughs>
0: And realize you like, can't get away from it. (laughs) It's just you. (laughs) Okay. So we have another story we want to share. This one is from Rick. Uh, He has been a follower of us for a while now. So Rick, thank you so much for sending in your story to us. And this one is a little close to home for me, at least it is at the college of Charleston is where uh, this experience happened. So here's what he had to say he says this took place in November of 2014 at 12 bull street on the college of charleston campus he says i was working on my sketch of 134 line street so another building nearby which he believes is also haunted but he goes on to say i was on the second floor in the studio by the windows facing the street and driveway i was alone in the house so uh one thing about the college of charleston campus. a lot of their buildings might not look like typical college buildings, right. Um, so it sounds like this one was kind of a house that was restructured into um, an art studio. But he says it started to get chilly as if the heat was turned off. And then a cool breeze entered the room. I felt its casual gust. that I thought this to be strange as all the doors and windows were closed, and the breeze did not come from the nearby windows. So I knew, No one else was in the house as I had to get campus police to unlock the door and let me in. He says he decided to pay no mind and continued working on his sketch. And a few moments later, he says, I felt three fingers gracefully brush across my right cheek. And at Mm -hmm. this point, I froze. I freaked out and I knew I did not imagine it as it was far too real. It was unfeigned like a woman's caress. Oh yeah! I mean, what a visual that he wrote there. I love the way he described that—a um, little but, seductive. Yeah. Like. He goes on to say, "I decided it was time to pack up and leave, and while doing so, I started talking to whatever it was I thought was in the house with me. Although I was nervous, I spoke as calmly as I could. It was nice meeting you, but I have to go. <laughs> Please have a good evening and stay well." He says, as soon as I got outside the house, I called campus police, as was the protocol so they could lock up the house. And it took over 30 minutes for an officer to show up. Several Mm. officers had passed by only to return my wave and keep on pedaling on their bicycles. Finally, one showed up with the purpose to lock and leave. And I asked what took so long and why did those other officers just pass by without stopping? He says he just smiled at me. And so I asked again inquisitively and he replied that the house is haunted and the officers do not like coming to the house in the evening wow for good reason i guess so he goes on to say that two weeks had passed before he went back to the studio um, and he had a deadline for his assignment that was closing fast he says i had a lot of catching up to do on my sketch and this time there were five other students in the studio across from the one i was in An hour had passed by when suddenly the doors and windows on the first floor began to slam. I stopped and waited as three of the students from across the hall ran downstairs to investigate while shouting expletives. (laughs) They returned to the studio saying that all the windows and doors are shut and locked, that they couldn't find anyone downstairs nor any reason for the noise. Clearly, this was like a collective experience for this. He says, all of us resumed working on our drawings and everything seemed to be okay. But then 30 minutes later, after the first incident, that same breeze Mm -hmm. from my first encounter entered the studios and the students across the hall felt it as well. They began to use more tasteful words as they could not explain the sudden drop in temperature nor the chilling breeze. So I packed everything up this time and left for good. I never returned to work in the studio in the evenings ever again. And oddly, the hustle and bustle of the student center was more appropriate for me to focus on my work and complete my sketch. <laughs> um, but he kind of added at the end here. Later in the semester, one of the professors was telling the class about the history of the house and its residents. And one happened to be a female she mm-hmm. was described as gentle. And immediately I thought about kind of the feminine touch on my cheek. He says, I've since returned to the house to visit friends that work there and to help paint, clean up, and restore it. And although it is never in the evening and always with several people. That's pretty crazy. I love that story. What a fun story. And he says he has more. So we're going to have to reach back out and get a couple more stories from him. I can only
1: imagine, you know, in Charleston, how many people probably have these type of stories just because it is so historical.
0: Yeah, and just like, you know, a lot of these houses have been um redone and they're now businesses or restaurants. So I mean, there's tons of people going in and out, and like I'm sure there are tons of stories out there. It's just a matter of them emailing us so we can then read them to all of you. <laughs> yes.
1: But before we wrap it up, me and Caitlin at the beginning, before we started recording, I had sent her a picture that um I'm in a group on Facebook and this older lady had posted this picture and it was of a grave marker. And it's just really crazy because um, I want to say it was in somewhere in Florida. Her and her husband were in the cemetery walking around, looking at all of the gravestones and she ran across this tombstone and so this was well a really strange picture because it doesn't really make any sense so what it says
0: on there is well it's for rob roy rice first of all great name i love the alliteration and i assume um his wife sherry rice Rob Roy
1: Rice was born September 24th, 1944, and Sherry Rice was born March 8th of 1950. But what's interesting about this marker is, you know, it has a cross in the middle. And for some reason at the bottom, it says parents of Rob Roy Rice, the fourth and Holly M. Downs. But then the strange thing about the marker is it has these dates for their death which is normal right except these are future death dates (laughs) they haven't happened yet (laughs) so it says Rob Roy um, is gonna die September 24th on his birthday but in 2034 and then Sherry's gonna die on her birthday as well in 2040 so they're both gonna die at 90 years old on their birthdays and it's like I've never heard of anything like this. I've heard of people doing like, you know, leaving it blank. Maybe they got a good deal on their tombstone, so they wanted to go ahead and buy it. And <laughs> like they're leaving their death blank, which is weird in itself to me. But, but like to put a headstone before they're dead, <laughs> right? But to put like a future death date, that's just really weird to me. And I just wanted to see if anyone else. Had heard of something like that? Am I missing something? Is it actually
0: not really that strange? Or is it very strange? (laughs) And maybe we can track down Rob Roy Rice and Sherry Rice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Sherry
0: just had a birthday not too long ago. Very crazy. And it doesn't appear to be photoshopped. I mean, and Madeline, you said that the lady that posted it was older. So hopefully she wouldn't be someone that would photoshop it but and it's like really like
1: what purpose are you going to photoshop it for yeah Um, because like in the group she was genuinely asking like isn't this weird like (laughs) like, yeah is there something i'm missing um and so i was like can i share this
0: very interesting
1: so if you've heard about something like this please let us know and if you have a story of your own (laughs) please send us an email at the unrest podcast at
0: gmail.com or guess what we have not just a facebook page but also a facebook group join us there um the facebook group is especially special because we post kind of unique content there for our followers that have joined the group um but you can message us on facebook as well if if you have a story And you don't have to email it to us to read. If you want to be interviewed for the podcast, we can do that too. We just want to hear from you and get your stories and share them with our followers.
1: Yes. Any paranormal experiences. It can be strange experiences. It could be UFO sightings. It could be anything. We don't care. (laughs) (laughs) We just want to hear from you. Thanks so much. Okay, We do care. We do care. (laughs)
0: the wine spritzer is hitting differently (laughs) thank you so much for listening though and we'll see you back here for the next episode unrest in in peace. peace